Hello and welcome to Mixed Feelings, a podcast about news, politics, and pop culture on the Relay FM network. I'm Quinn Rose, and I'm here as always with my co-host, Jillian Parker. Hi, Quinn. Hi, everyone. Hey, Jillian. How are you doing? I'm doing all right. Apparently, the 4 a.m. mornings are starting to get to me. It's fine. I just got up about half an hour ago. Yes, she is currently wearing pajamas right now, everyone. Okay, you didn't have to wrap me out like that. <laughs> it's okay, this is technically a pajama shirt, but... You know, once in a while, you just got a podcast in your pajamas. At least I'm not, like, lying in bed and just chilling. True. Did your high school have pajama day? Uh, yeah, during winter carnival. It was always so fun. Except we weren't allowed to wear certain kinds of things. Like, we weren't allowed to wear sweatpants. But anyways, can... Wait, then what kind of pajamas were you allowed to wear? Um, we had to wear, like, the very old-fashioned pajama pajamas, like the matching sets with the buttons and flannels. Okay, to be fair, I own, like, sets of matching pajamas because I get new pajamas every year. It's our Christmas tradition, and so I have a lot of them. Wait, that's so cute. Do you and your sister get matching ones? Not really. I, for, like, the last five years, we've kind of started these themes, so I've gotten penguin pajamas. For like the last six years or something like that. And it started on accident, but then I noticed it. And now my mom does it on purpose. And so I get a different set of penguin pajamas every year. And my sister usually gets pandas. (gasps) I love pandas. So does my sister. She has like 35 stuffed pandas in her room. Uh, Your sister and I have a lot in common. Well, apparently so. Also, you're both mean to me. (laughs) (laughs) This is... You make some good points. Okay. Well, our first topic of the week is actually... Good news! Incredible! Plot twist! Something positive happened! Uh, This never happens on our show. I know. But this week it did. Okay, so there was a civil rights case in the Seventh Circuit, which is a federal court in Chicago, um, about a person named Kim Hively, who was a former teacher in Indiana, who claims that she was denied promotions and eventually fired from her job because she is a lesbian, and... This case was basically to decide if the Title VII of the Civil Rights Act applies to discrimination about sexual orientation because it, it, it bans discrimination based on race and sex and all these things. And so basically we're looking right now at the possibility of expanding and creating precedent for this to also apply to discrimination best based on sexual orientation, which would be incredibly groundbreaking. Mm-hmm. Yeah, this is... This is- Awesome. First of all, it's a huge, huge step in the right direction um, as far as progress goes. Um, Because, you know, in the past, we've always had issues with race and discrimination against people of color. And essentially, we could technically discriminate against um, we could technically discriminate against people with varying um, sexual orientations. But with this law being passed or with this hopefully being passed. Um, we won't be able to do that anymore. Yeah, well, this isn't any law right now because this is judicial, not um, legislative, which is another conversation about like how mm-hmm. progress should move forward. But um, this, what this could do is um, if this case continues, because I mean, you know, cases just last forever. Um, if a case like this, this case or something similar gets to the Supreme Court and it really could change lasting precedent, like the Supreme Court um, in... 2015 did declare that marriage equality is should be legal federally um which actually guaranteed marriage equality in the entire united states for the first time ever um as far as sexual orientation goes but unfortunately it is still very very legal in a lot of places in this country to just fire someone for being gay 
-hmm. Like, just straight up, that's completely legal in so many places. And so this would be, this is the very first step in actually changing that and to setting judicial precedent that that would be illegal based on the Civil Rights Act, which would be so cool. So Judge Richard Posner had actually questioned John Malley, who was the attorney for the Ivy Tech Community College in uh, South Bend, in November about who would be hurt if, in quotes, gays and lesbians have had um, have a little more job protection. And Malley reportedly, reportedly could not name anyone who would be hurt if these protections were extended. And so the judge was like, so what's the big deal? Which is, I guess, so true on so many levels. I mean, first of all, like this is such a huge step in the right direction as far as progress progress goes. And I think it just goes to show that people are, that there are people out there who, you know, are thinking forward and are being open. Although... I, don't, I hate to say, like, being open-minded for accepting people of varying sexual orientations. It's like, no, you're just just you're just being decent people for accepting people for who they are, you know? So yeah. I don't really want to use the term open-minded, but... No, it's not fair. It's like, how about you just, like, not fire people based on who their girlfriend is? Like, calm down. Um, yeah, because that, that's... The, this case in particular, how it started, is that someone saw uh, this woman kiss her girlfriend goodbye in the car in the morning, and then she was like, called and reprimanded for, quote-unquote, sucking face and being unprofessional, and then over the next few years was categorically denied promotions and then eventually fired with no reason given. And she was like, well, what the heck? Mm -hmm. <laughs> and this case eventually got to court. And it's, it's so true that it's like, I'm really not going to give you credit for not being an awful person, but it's cool to see that also put into place in our judicial system hopefully getting there I just I will say like maybe who cares and what's the big deal is not what we want to go for for all judicial review <laughs> but in this case I think it's hilarious mm -hmm. and it's so true it's like who is this harming mm -hmm. really you this doesn't take protections away from anyone else mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. exactly um and also I was talking to Quinn about this earlier how oh like if a law were to come out of this and this was to become a legislative action, um, would this, this would affect all jobs, all posts. And she was like, yeah, pretty much because it's basically, you know, the same with diversity and you can't discriminate in no matter what company you're working for, what organization, you can't discriminate based on race. Um, which was interesting to me because um, in my high school, I went to a private Catholic high school and it's not that, the school was forbidden from hiring people who weren't heterosexual, but this one one of our um, teachers was let go or he left the school and it was very like hush hush on why, but I think it was because in quotes, he said, um, the school said he had an a alternative lifestyle. Yeah, so he got fired for being gay. Yeah, because his boyfriend came to our piano concert, so. Oh, that's so sweet. Yeah, it was really cute. He's such a good piano player. He actually performed as the pianist uh, on Broadway for Wicked. What? That's so cool. Yeah, not the original original, but he was definitely, you know, um, oh man, definitely playing on Broadway. And he like went to Juilliard and all these things. I was like, why are you teaching music to a bunch of like delinquent high school students? <laughs> like, what are you doing? Um, but yeah, super talented. So it was a shame that he's no longer there. Yeah, that's... I mean, that's pretty disgusting, honestly. But I'm excited to see change in the air. Good stuff there. It is also important to remember that, like, this particular ruling applied to sexual orientation, not 
gender identity. Um, although the way that they did defy this is that, um, because, so the, the particular law that they're looking at, Title VII in the Civil Rights Act, uh, prohibits discrimination based on sex, among other things, and they basically argued that being a lesbian in this case was just another form of not con conforming to like the female stereotype. Um, mm -hmm. And so there was just another form of sex discrimination to fire someone for being a lesbian mm -hmm. is the argument that they used for this. And so that does not apply to gender identity and being genderqueer or transgender. Um, but because of the choice in language and how they decided that, that does give us some good signs that perhaps it could be quite easily extended to that precedent as well, mm -hmm. which I'm hopeful for um, in future cases like this. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Definitely. It's just like, it would be a lot more convenient, I guess, to make this, to just extend the interpretation of it instead of, you know, like having to go through the entire legal process of instituting a new law when basically it is, when you think about it, just an extension of what's already in place. Yeah, and there were some dissenting judges on this opinion, although very few, um, and considering this is a pretty conservative court, it was actually really cool to see. But there were judges on this case, um, as with like lots and lots of judicial cases that were that are originalists and they want to interpret what is in the constitution literally. So they were like, well, it doesn't say on the paper that this protects for sexual orientation. So it shouldn't, and we shouldn't extend it to that. And I'm like, really, you don't think that the original intent of this amendment was to expand civil rights for all people and to protect all people from discrimination. And that maybe they just weren't thinking about sexual orientation because this was before like major gay rights movements really took off on a federal level. We gotta interpret. We have to be with the times. The Constitution is a living, breathing document. I mean, if we took it literally for everything, people like white males with property would be the only people with rights. So yeah. I don't understand how. Well, I guess it, like that. There, that argument is like, change should only come to the Constitution when it is legislatively has amendments added to it. Okay, okay. And I'm like, I'm all for another amendment that, like, it guarantees um, equal protection based on sexual orientation and gender identity because that would be great um, and would really help me out a lot. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but until we get there, like, judicial review and judicial interpretation is what's going to move us forward faster. Mm -hmm. This is a whole topic in my gov class for several weeks is, like, the demo is judicial review um, democratic and like does it actually serve a functioning democracy to have a couple people on a bench decide mm -hmm. what our laws are which is a very interesting topic and not really one that we have to get super into right now so you like read all about like john marshall and everything yeah we read a bunch of different stuff about it and like honestly this whole class it's an intro to political theory class it's just like people making incredibly convoluted arguments to avoid common sense <sighs> farome <laughs> It is exciting to hear that you are a living document school of thought person. There's probably an actual name for that, but I forgot what it was. <laughs> Subscribe to the living document theory because there are different interpretations. I also um, fall more into the living document camp. Yeah, the common sense theory is a great one to, to have. <laughs> the common sense party. <laughs> no, but um, I think also, I mean, I feel like I'm also this way about a lot of things, like also the Bible. Um, even though, like, that will definitely, I would definitely get a lot more, um, 
smack for saying that because there are more people I think who t who do interpret interpret the Bible more literally say like than the Constitution because they have all these other arguments for it but with me I think I'm just more of a eh, just apply it to however it works best yeah the Old Testament is whack y'all <laughs> we are not interpreting that literally or we are having a problem <laughs> <laughs> yeah classic classic Catholic Church so on Tuesday, there was this awful um, chemical bombing in Syria, and basically what happened was so many children, so many um, civilians were exposed to this poisonous gas that contained this toxin that led to, they don't know how many deaths exactly, um, but obviously a lot of negative side effects, and so this just sort of opens the conversation about what Trump is going to do as far as our relationships uh, with the Middle East are concerned. Yeah, there were some concerning reactions from Trump about this because basically he blamed Obama and he said that President Obama hadn't done enough to prevent um, chemical weapons in Syria instead of calling for, for example, like the removal of President Assad from like being the president of Syria because Assad keeps claiming that like his troops aren't doing these chemical attacks. But, like this is not the first time. And this is not the first, like, horrific human rights violation that has happened in this country. Clearly, like, this has been happening for years. And it's pretty clear that, like, his, like, the, the official military of Syria, like, has the ability and probably is, in all likelihood, like, the people that are carrying out these horrific attacks. But yet, President Assad remains in power and his people keep dying. Mm -hmm. um and i think this just goes it's not even okay this is my thing with trump he just contradicts everything he says like in one part in like here he was saying oh obama didn't do enough um and then back then like in 2013 or whenever um he was like oh obama's doing too much like blah blah blah, blah. so clearly trump does not have a definitive stance on this which is sort of concerning yeah considering he's supposed to be the commander-in-chief and I don't think he really knows what's going on or has any tactical ability to figure out how to respond to it. This whole thing is obviously so horrible. And the United States is not doing very much <laughs> at all to try to help this issue that's going on in Syria to the point where we're actually being actively harmful um, in this anti-refugee idea that's in this country right now that like we shouldn't let Syrian refugees in despite the fact that a huge number of them are children and almost all of them are, are families that are fleeing this war zone and are just trying to be somewhere where they can survive literally um and in the meantime we're not really doing anything to help the whole situation in general <laughs> so the question is what are we doing here and should we be doing more to help Syria and other situations like this. Mm -hmm. I think this goes just to talk about, um, this goes back to a topic I think we talked about on one of our earlier, earlier episodes about how much of a role should the United States have in playing like policeman of the world. Um, and that just obviously opens a whole can of worms um, because there are a lot of uh, varying levels of intervention idea of interventions that people have and all of them I think to some extent um, have 
some sort of basis and some sort of ground for these reasons why we should intervene, why we shouldn't intervene. Um, but it just goes to show that this is actually a lot more complicated than we all try to make it seem sometimes. It seems like to me that right now the U.S. Um, under Trump is doing like just enough to not seem like we just hate everybody, although we do. Um, they put out this statement and they did call it Assad about this whole attack, but they basically were like, hey, uh, Russia and Iran, like, fix this and stop this from happening um, instead of taking a more definitive stance and, like I said, like, calling for Assad to step down or something more substantial like that. And they also basically said that it would be silly to say that Assad should step down and like that wasn't politically feasible and so they just weren't going to take a stance like that which I thought was very interesting and it really points to this whole idea that like they just don't want to get involved it seems like they really want to back away as much as possible and just like with everything that this administration has been doing just trying to back away from President Obama's policies as quickly as humanly possible sometimes they fall on their faces um, but this seems to be one of those things is like they're just edging back from international involvement as quickly as they can shuffle backwards. But I thought that was sort of Obama's foreign policy, was not getting overly involved. Well, he wasn't super, like, overly involved, which is kind of, like, and but they are still backing away from where he was. Mm-hmm. And I mean, we can get into, like, whole conversations about the use of drones under President Obama, um, and there was some really concerning stuff that went on in his administration but I am concerned in the combination currently of one the proposed great expansion of the military that we have and also the seeming like backing away from really taking a stance about civil rights and human rights and democracy in the world and it's like okay well then what are we going to be using the military for like what is this plan here Mm -hmm. I don't even they think they know what their definitive stance is yet Um, but also I feel like it's a very, I think it's something political that I guess you do. You don't really pick a definitive side right away. I think you sort of need to feel out what the people are thinking in order not to isolate um, both sides or both extremes of both sides. Um, So I guess they are taking this middle ground or not even taking a ground period, which yes, is concerning in itself on principle. Um, But I think from a political standpoint, it's probably one of their better decisions. You're making a face. Yeah, I know. I mean, I'm not, I don't, I wouldn't want to see that happen, but like, they could be like, oh, we're gonna send our troops over right now, or, oh, we're not gonna get involved at all, and or something, some, something to that extreme, um, but sort of just not taking a stance at all, I guess, is what they're doing right now, and I guess it could be worse. I don't know. I think they're just trying to keep all their options open. I suppose so. The The whole topic of like the U.S.'s involvement in foreign wars is such a tricky idea, and I don't think there's a way to do this right, honestly. And the United States, for a long time, has functioned as this idea of like the world's policeman, like you said, and that we need to fix everyone else's problems. But the question is, like, well, maybe we should be fixing our own problems first. But then if we have, we do have like an incredible amount of money and power and influence on the world so is it our responsibility to use that to keep the world from destroying itself Mm -hmm. um falling into another world war or something like that 
or just even like the human rights atrocities that go on every day in various countries around the world. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, you're so right. It's such a, it, it's just such a complicated topic that I, that nobody really wants to get into just because of all the other internal issues that it brings up. Um, so I, I honestly, I can honestly say that I don't have a really solid stance on this, on what I think. Um, it's just, it, it just still boggles my mind and it just opens your eyes to see, to realize that, wow, this was just one, inc- this was one incident that just happened very recently and it's getting a lot of attention, but that also, it also shows that you don't realize or we don't realize right away how much other terrible things are going on in other parts of the world, especially with regard to civilian um, safety. Mm-hmm. Do you, well... I mean, I'm just saying that, like, that's, like, a very general, but I'm just, me trying to wrap my mind around the fact that, you know, kids, families, and so many, it's just, just so much death and so much sadness and just all over the world, and it's just like, okay, America, we do have these resources, how much should we extend these resources to help others, you know? And it's sort of, it's just that enters that whole gray area of are we doing too much versus are we not doing enough? Yeah, and I think there is some, to some extent, like, your focus needs to be on, like, your own country first. And obviously there's a lot to fix here in the United States. But at the same time, like, this is a big government. Like, it's a, we don't have to just do one thing at a time. And so, like, a lot of Trump's rhetoric centers around the city of, like, make America great again and America first and all of these other vaguely threatening statements. And I can really, really understand where the appeal of that is. And, like, I definitely feel the appeal of the idea of, like, let's just focus on our own country and fix our own business. But it's like, we're not Italy. Like, we can't, (laughs) we can't just back away from the world stage. We're huge. And I think we do have some measure of responsibility to be involved in world politics and to try to help the world be more safe and more democratic and more equal for all people. And, like, clearly this has gone very wrong before. Like, remember McCarthyism? Um, And so this can be taken to very much the other extreme of everything. And, like, again, I don't think there's actually any way to do this right. But... I think it does have to happen. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so I guess all of this is just a conversation that goes on between closed doors with people who have much more power than uh, Quinn and me. Wait, are you telling me that the conversations we have here are not immediately translated into policy? <laughs> what are we doing? <laughs> <laughs> we should actually just like call the White House whenever we have our show and just be like, so uh, take some notes real quick. Me and Quinn are about to drop some knowledge. We're going to send them the Overcast link every time we drop an episode. Be like, oh, I got you this. I thought you might be interested. Also, we talk about Emma Watson. Don't worry about it. (laughs) No, do worry about it. We should make Emma Watson president of the world. (laughs) Not the worst idea I've ever heard. (laughs) In a turn of events that surprises probably no one, my least favorite media company is under fire again. Wow, what a surprise. Did not see that one coming. And in case anyone could not guess, it's Fox. (laughs) It's Fox News. (laughs) So Bill O'Reilly 
is being faced, has been faced, is being faced, lots of past tense and present tense going on here. Sexual harassment suits. He, he basically, he sexually harassed a lot of people. Yeah. Um, I remember the days when Fox News, yes, was it always very, very conservative? Yes. But did they sort of not, sort of have, you know, some sort of respect in the media world? Yes, until, you know, all this stuff came out for all these terrible things that people were doing, but it just makes me so mad that people are objectively awful. Yeah. So what's going on right now? So, of course, we've mentioned a little bit of this before, but, like, Roger Ailes, who was the head of Fox, it came out that he has sexually harassed a ton of people, including Megyn Kelly, who was one of mm-hmm. the network's biggest stars at the time, and so mm-hmm. he had to leave the company, um, and now all the stuff um, has come out about Bill O'Reilly, who is the network's biggest star. He is a millionaire. He has a huge salary. He pulls in giant ratings, mm-hmm. and he is a bad person. So, mm-hmm. several women have come forth saying that uh, Bill O'Reilly, who is the host of the O'Reilly Factor, which is a very very popular show. Um, they have come forward saying that he has sexually harassed them, and it's just, Fox is not doing too hot right now. No, really. Um, yeah. I, I reached the end of my rope with, like, men getting away with sexual harassment. I am done with it. And so what's happening right now is a lot of advertisers are pulling their advertisements from Fox because they don't want their ads airing next to Bill O'Reilly's face. Which is fair, I think. Yeah. Um, but actually, some people have been, um, some companies have kind of just kept their ads, and they were saying, like, we don't reveal, like, how we choose to, you know, and they just, like, said, like, these very weird, like, conv- convoluted, vague things to just not take down their ads. Mm-hmm. Um, but... well, yeah, well, that's the thing. Um, this is also a campaign that's been reasonably effective against Breitbart. The organization, or the account, or whatever, spearheading this campaign is called Sleeping Giants, and just the goal is to get people to stop advertising on Breitbart, Mm -hmm. um, which is uh, a very far-right-wing, like, alt-right, quote-unquote, news site. Um, It's where Milo Yiannopoulos used to work. And so, and Steve Bannon. Anyway, bad news. In more ways than one. So, uh, companies have been pulling their advertisements from Breitbart, which is just taking dollars away from them, which is glorious. Um, and now the same thing is happening, but on a much wider scale, because there's a huge difference between like Google AdSense showing up against an article you're reading versus like huge television ads that are funding a multi-million dollar news show being pulled. Like that's every company that goes is like a significant chunk of money right there. Mm-hmm. And so if this pressure keeps continuing, which is looking like it will, they might be forced to pull Bill O'Reilly from the network, which would be cool. Uh, Wow. Plot twist. (laughs) White men facing consequences for their actions. This usually doesn't happen, and it's so charming. (laughs) Uh, Classic. Honestly, most of the stuff that we talk about here is, like, pretty nuanced. It's very complicated. Not a lot of nuance here. And I mean, there are always conversations to be had about things like accusations of sexual harassment and sexual assault, and people are always calling into question, um, like, did it actually happen? But here's the thing. One, usually it did happen. <laughs> like, across the board, statistically. Generally mm-hmm. it did. 
to, yes, these are the kinds of things that have to be settled in court. But this has been brought to court, like, a lot. And the women who have brought these sexual harassment suits against Bill O'Reilly um, have received settlements of around $13 million altogether. Mm-hmm. And there are there's been more brought against him just this week. So, like, this is not an isolated incident. This is not something that's not happening. Like, all signs point to, yeah, like, he's definitely sexually harassing people. Racially harassing people was another accusation pulled against the network. And um, it will be interesting to see. I think that at this rate, like, he is going to get pulled. They are, they're losing money. They are losing face. And they do not have that much face left to lose. Um, honestly, they're, they do not really have a good reputation right now. And, like, we've talked about Fox News before and whether it's going to, um, swing more, like, traditionally conservative or even more moderately conservative, or if it's going to go with the Trump train. I hate myself for saying that, but whatever. Um, it's just such a great alliteration. I know. (laughs) And, like, becoming, like, more of his alt-right news source. And, I don't know which way it's going now. It just keeps, like, losing people (laughs) and losing its big names and stars, so... I think they have to figure that out first. Yeah, I think they need to get their act together uh, real quick. I think it would be cool if they actually got rid of everyone who's terrible um, because they're being forced to, not because they did this voluntarily. Because, like, obviously they must have known this. I say they, like, the board at Fox or whoever's in charge of Bill O'Reilly. They must have known about this before. Like, this has been going on for years. But I'm fine with them being forced to do something because of money like get him out of here he doesn't deserve millions of dollars mm-hmm. you know yeah fair totally fair also speaking of fox news and steve bannon and everything we were just talking about while we were recording this episode it was announced that steve bannon has been removed from the national security council which just to recap it was really concerning that he was ever on the national security council in the first place because that usually is not something that just random White House advisors are on. But now there's been a lot of reshuffling in terms of national security because of all the controversy that happened with Mike Flynn and his connections to Russia. And so now Steve Bannon has been removed from the council and we don't know a lot more than that. Like we don't know how the strategy is going to play out. So not really going to discuss it too much, but wanted to make that announcement just because these things always get announced right after we're done recording, so I'm glad that we actually caught it this time. Yeah, plot twist, a breaking news story comes out that we can actually manage to catch on time. Incredible. Groundbreaking. So, we're going to talk a little bit about, first of all, number one, something that's in the news right now that is huge, and number two, uh, we're going to talk about a person of our favorite, well, my favorite American family. So, um, Kendall Jenner was actually the <laughs> Quinn is just making this face right now. It's, it's great. Okay, so Kendall Jenner recently was just in a Pepsi commercial, and basically the gist of the commercial is that there are a bunch of protests, and there's like this really dramatic scene where she takes off her makeup and takes off her blonde wig to appear more. To be more. clear, she does not take off her makeup. Oh, but she, she takes off her blonde wig. Like she is very made made up. <laughs> I think she gets rid of the lipstick. I think. So, my. Anyways, know. whatever. Anyways, still wearing makeup, but not wearing as dramatic makeup. Um, she she's at like this protest and she goes up to one of the police officers and like hands him a Pepsi and then all of a sudden, hooray! Like everything is solved. So, it's problematic on a number of reasons, but, um... Yeah, so this commercial came out in the internet, um, 
imploded? Exploded? Unclear what kind of oded. Something oded. Um, like, there, this commercial, on so many levels, first of all, she sees this protest go by, and it's like the most aesthetically pleasing protest you've ever seen. All their signs are color-coordinated, and all of them <laughs> say things like, love, and join the conversation is written on a lot of them, because even though it's it's supposed to mimic this idea of the protests that are very widespread in the country now, but they didn't want to actually be political, so they all just wrote, join the conversation. That is so vague. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. And she, like, makes eye contact with this really hot guy in the crowd, so she decides to join the protest, and it was like, oh, good, that's good motivation. <laughs> Not the political involvement or anything. But just to get a guy, good. Yeah, and then this is, like, it is ridiculous how tone deaf this commercial is because if i if it was just her like joining a protest it'd be still be dumb and it'd still be tone deaf but i think it would not have garnered the same attention that it did but what happens next is she takes this pepsi and she hands it to a police officer and then the police officer like smiles and makes his face at another police officer and like everything is solved and considering the relationship between like the police and the black lives matter movement and the instances of police brutality in this country and the way that like police have come out in full military gear to contain protests and and so the imagery of like this white girl walking up with this can of pepsi and like solving police protest relations is offensive on so many levels like it completely just tries to remove all of the work that people actually do in protest and like trying to actually solve issues with police brutality and like police protest relationships and oh my god pepsi what are you doing these issues cannot be solved by a delicious carbonated beverage people But yeah, I guess when I just like first read about this, I was like, okay, I can see how this is problematic. Like this is all very bad. But then actually, as we're talking about it, it just makes me even angrier. It just makes me realize, oh my God, what are they doing? Like, it just makes me even more heated if possible. Um, Because I think when I wasn't like, just like reading the article really quickly, I could see right away, oh, like obviously this is an issue, but like blah, 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 whatever. But then actually like analyzing every piece of the commercial and just real, like, Commercials do not just happen in a day. Like, there's a lot of thought that goes into commercials. So what team was just, like, going through all the ideas and going through, like, the slide deck of, oh, and then in this scene, we're going to do this, and in this scene, we're going to do this. And it must have taken a majority of people to be like, hmm, this is a good idea. Yeah, let's continue. Yes, so many people had to approve this. Like, a ridiculous number of people had to approve this. And it's just, it it's the, I think this is, like, the most telling sign of media exploitation of the political climate that's going on right now. Like, Pepsi thought it would be a great idea to channel... Like, I think they're trying to, like, appeal to millennials, probably. Some buzz line like that. Um, to channel, like, all these feelings of political protest and, like, apply them to Pepsi. And I don't know if there was a good way to do that, but this definitely was not a good way to do that. Yeah, no. And, like, they also, they have, like, this pleasingly diverse crowd in the protests, um, but, again, like, the white girl is the one to save us all. (laughs) A white supermodel is the one to save us all. (laughs) Yeah. This just reminds me of, so I used to be a waitress, and one time, um, this someone sat down and was like, can I have a Coke? And I was like, oh, we just have Pepsi. Is that okay? And he goes, no. And then he ordered a water instead. (laughs) 
And I think of that man now in this time of strife in our country. <laughs> he knew. He, he knew, knew way ahead. <laughs> and with this whole fiasco, um, like, 90% of the blame, I say, goes to Pepsi and, like, Pepsi's media and advertising team here. Um, I blame Kendall for this a lot less. I do see some people who are like, she's 20 years old. Like, give her a break. I'm 20 years old. Um, and so I think I have the right to be more judgmental. Like, the two of us have the right to be more judgmental because, like, we are her age and we can see the problems with this. But on the other hand, like, she is still young. We are young, too. Um, and when she's surrounded by people of authority who are telling her what to do and paying her to do something and she's not, like, she doesn't have that established of a career yet that she can, like, put her foot down and be like, no, we need to change this commercial. So, mm-hmm. to be clear, like, the vast majority of the blame goes on the people who actually came up with design. But, like, a little bit of, Kendall, why are you like this? <laughs> yeah, to go off that, I honestly think I would probably put, like, 1% of the blame on Kendall, which is actually, like, an astonishingly, an astonishingly low number. Um, just because, first of all, number one, she is very young, but also just, like, I mean, I assume that she had some idea of what was going on, obviously, with the commercial, but I think also, like, maybe she thought it was wrong, but if, like, all of these grown-up people are telling her, no, it's okay, and, like, have actually, like, planned this whole thing out, maybe she, there's definitely going to be self-doubt, like, oh, maybe this isn't as bad as I think it is, and also, if you're, like, waving, like, five million dollars in my face, like, okay, like, sign me up, you know, but... Um, so yeah, but TLDR, like, Pepsi, what are you doing? Why are you like this, Pepsi? Yeah, this is also, this has just been a week for racist advertising because Sony put out this PlayStation ad. Did you see this? I didn't see it. Oh my god. Okay, Sony put out this giant, like, billboard advertisement of a white woman, like, dressed all in white, strangling a black man. And it was like, like, PlayStation White is coming or something like that. It's horrifying. What? Wait, how How did I not see this? I feel like this should be on the breaking, this should be breaking news. Hang yeah, on. yeah, look it up right now and see that. It'll be in the show notes. <laughs> what? Like, who, who approved this? Who looked at this? There had to be so many people who looked at this and said, yeah. That's good. That's what we want to put on the side of a building. What? Oh my god. <laughs> okay, well. Yeah. This is so problematic. Oh my god. Honestly, I think that everyone would be, would be talking about, like, a lot of people are talking about this PlayStation ad. So many more people would be, except for Pepsi just, like, blew it out of the water with being a problematic ad. So, like, I think PlayStation's getting off a little light here. Oh, <laughs> I like it. Pun, but... That was mind. not supposed to be a pun. Yeah, I know, but y- yes. Correct. I would like to validate everything that you're saying, Quinn. Um, yeah, that's just... That's just not... What... I just, I think about, I actually think about commercials slash ads a lot more than I should. Like, when I was younger, I would always try to figure out, like, what song, if, like, I made a, if I was in a commercial, what song would I want to be playing as I, like, did my Pantene, like, hair shake, you know? Um, is this not something that you thought of when you were younger? Maybe just me. Um, not specifically. I'm more, I, 
visualized a lot of like magazine interviews oh okay. not so much the commercials i just yeah. really want to do it like the pantene hair flip and i have tried so many times Corinne, but i almost like always end up breaking my neck so it does not it does not work i do not have that like flip i don't know i'm just not very flexible but anyways um yeah so i just so much thought goes into ads and commercials like why doesn't anyone see the problems before they decide it's a good idea to you know go public with this it just makes me so angry yeah and it's not like it's not like these are unknown companies who just like didn't have the resources to do better like pepsi is a huge company and they should have had people on their team who could have come up with something better than this and been able to recognize how problematic this commercial was mm-hmm. yep are you te- well before this, um, commercial aside, were you a Team Coke or Team Pepsi person? I usually drink Coke, mm-hmm. but I don't really care. I actually, one time, so I teach in New York for two weeks every winter, um, teach a bunch of middle school kids in New York. And for one year, for part of my lesson, I had these kids try samples of Coke and Pepsi and guess which one was which and talk about why and, like, the differences between them. And at the end, I told them they were all Pepsi and they would lose their minds. It was so funny. <laughs> It was to talk about psychological confirmation bias and stuff, but, you know, it was also hilarious. That's funny. But, yeah, like, and I'm not, uh, like, I'm not saying, like, everybody go boycott Pepsi or whatever. Like, do what you want to do with your own dollars. Um, I just also personally like Coke better. Such a libertarian thing of you to say, and I'm so proud. I mean, I do support, like, people boycotting things that they do not support like there are several people out there and like companies out there that i will not frequent because i don't agree with what they do but like you choose make your own boycotts like do what you want to do um but yeah also like is this the most important issue out there no that's why we put it in the pop culture section because it is like it is a commercial it's not like the war in syria but again like this stuff matters Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm media exploitation of genuine causes matters and the way that these kinds of things are represented in the media matters and so it is important to talk about and call out and be like do better when this stuff happens yeah i think it was just i didn't like how they portrayed a protest as you know this like fun like glamorous thing like i don't know it was just it just made me mad yeah like those things happen because people are getting hurt Exactly. They're not things that people just do for fun. Yeah. It's not like we wake up one day and we're like, hmm, let's do a protest today. We don't have that much homework. Like, ugh. (sighs) Okay. My rant is over. All ranted out for today? No, of course not. Never ranted out enough. But I'm at a tolerable level. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Well, now that we're reasonably ranted out, uh, thank you for listening today. You can find us on Twitter at MixedFeelingsFM where you can tweet at us or send us a DM. You can find us at relay.fm slash mixedfeelings, where there is a contact form if you want to email us feedback. Or you can find us in the iTunes store, where it would be incredible if you left us a review. We haven't gotten a lot of reviews recently, and... Oh, and just a reminder that if you do leave us a five-star review and ask us a question, we will answer it on the show. So there's that as well. <laughs> yeah, there's that incentive. <laughs> you can find me on Twitter at aspiringrobotfm. You can find me on Twitter at underscore Jillian Parker. Wow, thanks for talking with me today, Quinn. Thanks for talking with me, Jillian. I'm Jillian Parker. I'm Quinn Rose. And these were our mixed feelings. <laughs>